They say you should think before you speak. That's not always easy because we haven't always thought it all the way through. We don't know what we don't know. Or we know a little, but not enough to see the whole picture. And that's where we find Peter in our story today, and where we find ourselves more often than we might like to admit. Hi, and welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. We're glad that you've chosen to join us from wherever you find yourself today. You can find out more about St Ninian's and catch up on all the videos and podcasts of our services on our website. That's saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk. The food bank collection isn't on this week, that's Sunday the 12th of September, because we have a wedding in the church. It'll be back on on the 19th at the usual times. So let's join together now in our worship as we listen for the word of God. Mark chapter 8, verses 27 to 38. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation Of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes into the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Who do they say I am? It seems like a pretty straightforward question, doesn't it? Jesus wants to know what people are saying about him. These days he would just have to check his Twitter or Instagram. It's a more complicated question than it looks. People aren't sure what to make of Jesus. They say that he is John the Baptist come back to life, or Elijah, or one of the prophets. And those are pretty specific answers, and they have something in common. Both are heralds of the Messiah. They're the ones who appear before the main event, the warm-up acts, the support bands. But look at where they are when Jesus asked the question. Caesarea Philippi. It was a city ruled by Herod after it was given to him by the emperor and Herod named the city after him. It wasn't a new place, it had been there for many, many years. And during the time when the Greeks ruled, it was dedicated to the god Pan. Pan was the god of the wild, of fields and groves and often associated with fertility because of this link to things that grow, but also because he had a reputation for seduction. And that all meant that Caesarea Philippi was a city with a pretty wild reputation. Even here, though, the people know the stories about the one who was to come, the one who would free them from occupation, the one who would set them free. Mark is giving us some pretty heavy irony here. In the previous chapter, Jesus has just laid into the immorality of this generation, 
when he spoke of all the things that defile a person as the corrupting things that come from inside us. And here he is, right in the middle of the place where those things are literally worshipped. So when Jesus asks, who do the people say I am? He's setting the scene for a very important conversation, one with his disciples. Okay, so they say that I'm John the Baptist or Elijah or a prophet, but what about you? You've been with me for a while now. You've heard what I have to say. You've watched all that I've done. And you've even been sent out to do some of this preaching and healing yourselves. So who do you say I am? It's Peter who answers. You are the Messiah. And he's right. Jesus is the Messiah. So why does he tell Peter to be quiet and then start talking about the suffering and death that he'll endure? It's all about wrong expectations. The people think the Messiah will change everything, that he will bring freedom to them and that Jesus will be a great warrior. That's why he tells them not to say it. He doesn't want the expectations of the people to run out of control. Freedom's an interesting idea. and We hear a lot about it these days. People are asking questions about human rights, about whether wearing a mask is a measure of control by the state. What right has someone to insist that you're vaccinated? Or that you take a test before you can go somewhere or do something. We see a different conversation played out in Afghanistan, where the new government have rolled back the rights of women. And in Texas, where the debate rages about term limits on terminations of pregnancies. Perhaps wearing a bit of cloth in your face when you pop into a shop isn't that big a deal. Not when it comes to comparing some of these other issues, but the idea of freedom is one that stirs us up. Here, Brexit and questions about independence still dominate our political conversations. What does it mean to be free? Free from whom? Free to do what? Have you ever experienced music shuffle giving you the perfect song for a moment? Just as I wrote these words, Primal Scream song Loaded came on. It begins with exactly that question that we're discussing. It's a sample from the 1966 movie The Wild Angels, where in the middle of a funeral for a biker, the minister asks, what is it that you want? And the answer comes, we want to be free, to do what we want to do. It's a classic 1960s movie about battling with authority and the struggles of young people to break free of the cultural boundaries of their parents and the community. What is it they want to be free to do? To ride their motorbikes without hassle from the police? To get loaded? To have a good time and to have a party? The idea that someone is imposing rules on us, especially ones that we think are unfair, is a powerful motivator. It's something we've all experienced. You can't go out. You can't wear that. You can't do this or that. Our response, oh, it's so unfair. They just don't understand. And I'm pretty sure everyone who's ever looked after children has said exactly the same things to them. It turns out the younger version of us were often the ones who didn't understand. But not always. We all know that sometimes what's best for you isn't what you think it is or what you want. But that's not always enough to stop us wanting it or doing it. They are right in the middle of the place, famed for being able to do pretty much whatever you wanted to do. Jesus tackles our understanding of freedom head on. He's asking the same question. What do you think the freedom the Messiah will bring looks like? And the answer was clear. 
freedom from oppression, freedom from the Romans. But if they hadn't been occupied, it would have been freedom from whatever else was in charge. Gaining that freedom only comes one way, through violent rebellion. And that's what the Messiah would lead. The new great warrior king would defeat the foreigners and restore them to their former glory. Sound familiar? Just moments after correctly identifying Jesus as the Messiah, Peter's met with the full force of Jesus correcting his misunderstanding. Jesus calls him Satan, which means the accuser or tempter, the one who distracts from the right path, and he's told to get behind him. The language that Jesus uses is the same one he uses in the exorcism of the demon right at the start of Mark's Gospel. The oppression that the Messiah will free them from is their own self-centeredness. Selfishness seems to be at the heart of all that's wrong. All the things that warp and distract the people's hopes for a better future are all about them. What they can do. What they will have. There's little or no thought for others. Remember the list of things that defile sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. But we want to be free what, to do what we want to do. I think perhaps we would all like to be free from the consequences of our actions. We'd like to do the things that make us feel good without having to think about all the harm to ourselves or others. When Jesus talks about denying ourselves, it's this that he means, I think, look beyond ourselves to the needs of others. When he talks about losing our lives to gain them, it's a profound call to step out of all the lies that we're told about the things that make us valuable. When he talks about taking up your cross, it's not a call to pain and suffering and it's absolutely not suggesting that if we find ourselves in a situation where we're treated badly, that we should just put up with it because we all have a cross to carry. The goal, remember, is freedom. The freedom to live as God intends us to live and peace and safety and harmony. All the things that the world tell us will cost us money or we can only get at the expense of someone else. This freedom Jesus talks about comes into being through an alternative story to the one that the empire tells. They say that greed is good, that might is right, the Pax Ramona, the, the, the peace of Rome is a big lie enforced by fear and violence. Freedom's found in gospel living, with loving our neighbour, service to others and selflessness are the foundations of our community life. So what, like Peter, are we possessed by? What is it that we need to put behind us? Our status, our bank balance, our ideas about who belongs and who doesn't. Our appetites and desires. Our inner teenager who just wants to be left alone to do what we want to do. What do we need to put behind us? And who do we need to open our eyes to?
Oh God, you search us and you know us. We are frail and simple beings, often foolish and forgetful. We thank you for your gifts of wisdom and truth, made known to us through your word. We bring our words for ourselves and for our world near and far. We thank you for your written word and for all those who helped write it and translate it and commentate upon it, and for all who read it and all who preach from it. We pray for all the people who try to live daily by your word, for all who live out its life-giving call to serve and love, caring for self and neighbour. We pray for all the people who seek your word in scripture, religion and nature. May they be blessed in their search and come to know you more fully. We pray for people who find words are used like weapons against them, who have wounds from years of listening to hateful, abusive language used to hurt and isolate them. Lord, in your mercy, may they hear your loving word today. Lord, may our words speak lovingly and wisely, always. Hear us, Lord, as we join in the words that you taught us, saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May the word of life breathe love into all that you say. Speak well. Speak wisely. Console and speak kindly. Speak truth to power. Leave space for others to speak. In all you say, bless and encourage, comfort and inspire. May your words be loving, life-giving, honouring the God in whose image we are all made, the one who spoke creation into being and who speaks words of blessing to us this day and every day. May that God, creator, source and spirit be with us all, this day and for always. Amen. Amen.